the Cannabishes. Welcome to High Tea. High Tea is a high vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed. This is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic, the role it has in the lives and processes of cool and creative people everywhere, and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes. We're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. Testy, testy. And we are back, my cannabishes. I've missed you so. With season three of your favorite podcast, this is High Tea Life, and I'm your grateful host, Jen Newton, also known as Newts. So how are we feeling out there, huh? <laughs> Loaded question, eh? I personally have good days and bad, though more the latter than usual. The COVID ennui is is real and spectacular indeed. <laughs> as much as I'd love to start off so light, the times they be heavy. And I don't really think anybody's truly processing how big and traumatic the truth of how much humans have been let down by society right now. If you really stop and think about the state of things, it's hard to be hopeful because the people who got us here, we know certainly are are not the ones who will save us. But while everything around us man-made kind of continues to reveal itself as some other corrupt monstrosity of what we thought it was, where's the world's most hopeful place? It's in nature. Nature shows us the way, right? From a literal rebirth each season to its revitalizing elixir to what happens to us when we've got more plants in our diet or more plant medicine in our lives and accepted in our society. At the end of the day, it really is nature that reveals us to ourselves. Did I steal that from Bob Marley? I think I did. But I'll spend hours in the bush, at the beach, or in the woods here with my walking stick, visiting trees as I converse with my higher self. I've obviously, maybe you can tell by what I'm saying right now, started a mushroom microdosing protocol. (laughs) At first, I just felt happier, for sure a little bit more forgetful, for sure more nap inclined. But now that it's sort of integrating, as one says, it's definitely starting to reveal me to myself. The light and the dark, you know, the the brightness and the shadow, and maybe places I haven't shown up where I should have, or people I haven't shown up for, and that's important. That's that's a journey, and that's a process, and and that's the plant tearing me away from whatever this thing is. Actually. I keep getting in trouble for calling mushrooms a plant. It's not a plant. They're fungi. So apparently closer in biology and chemistry to humans than plants. So that conversation to be continued. So as it tends to, this conversation has come back to Mother Nature, (laughs) specifically herbs, and using herbs to not only enhance our cannabis experiences, but also benefit our health and wellness. 
So, of course, the practice of adding herbs and flowers to our brews and our blends, and by that I mean our smoking experiences, is really nothing new. In fact, it's gone on for centuries in different aspects of ceremony and such. And while most of us are quite familiar with the very polarizing spliff, uh, otherwise known as a joint spliced with some tobacco, it's curiously only recently become once again de rigueur to be adding herbal blends to our smoking blends. The first brand I ever tried was a Toronto homegrown joint called Weed. Shout out to my Toronto girls. There's lots of buzz around Barbari's car sex. And my favorite I've tried to date is Rebus Blend's Hibiscus Sunshine. Truly like a dose of sunshine in the morning. So of course, we've got to do an episode on how herbs can enhance our cannabis experience and a deep dive into some of the best and the safest blends to help us reach different desired end states. From rose to ground us, chamomile to soothe, peppermint to perk us up, and an herb called Damiana to get us horny, baby. There is no end to the fun one can have with a little herb. My guest today calls cannabis a gateway to herbalism. At this point, I'd be inclined to agree. Listen up as I connect with Leon Bruno, clinical herbalist, ethnobotanist, and founder of Puff Smokes. This is High Tea Life. Our guest of the day, Leon, have I said that right? Yes. Leon Bruno. Now, Leon is a clinical herbalist and ethnobotanist and founder of Puff Smokes. And you're going to have to tell me what all of that means. Can you tell me a little bit about you, your story, and how you came upon plant magic? I guess it really all started when I was a kid growing up. My dad, he has a master's in plant physiology, and he was like really big into um coaching kids at like summer camps in the woods in New Hampshire so we'd be like going on walks like after dinner and stuff and he'd always just be like oh here's what this plant is like growing like out of the crack in the sidewalk and and then he'd like quiz me and he'd be like hey what's this what's what does it do I love that and so then I ended up going to summer camps in the woods growing up started learning some like wilderness skills yeah and then I went to Ithaca College in upstate New York it's funny, I originally was a business major oh, because I, I wanted to be a band I did. manager. <laughs> you wanted to be a band manager. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Oh, smart. Practical. <laughs> and, but then I took like the business 101. It was called World of Business. Okay. And it was literally me and the football team. Oh. And so then I was like, hmm, I don't know if I really belong here. <laughs> Then I ended up in anthropology and that just like clicked. Started learning about ethnobotany. What does that mean? So ethnobotany is, it's basically the study of people and their relationship to plants and how they use them. So it can be anywhere from like studying people's relationship to rice, like and using rice in ritual or as a food or like the economic impacts of cultivation, um, Interesting. all that stuff. Or I would say maybe like the more popular ethnobotanists are the ones studying psychoactive 
plants and the hallucinogenic plants right. um, and like ritual purposes and studying um, how different cultures around the world Have use them like in a cosmological sense, in a healing sense. So it's, it's very broad. Ethnobotany, as most people may hear, it, is um, kind of through that lens of studying uh, psychoactive plants and okay. compounds. So, so were you just a stoner? Like, how did you become, did you become an Yes, ex- okay. How did you sort yeah, of- I should back, I should back check. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was just thinking about this earlier. I was like, hmm, what is my, my origin story? I had never smoked or drank until I was 18, like a week before I left to go to college. And I was kind of like, I should probably get drunk and, and get high so that I'm not just like a total like square when I go to college. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't do both on the same night, but you probably did. <laughs> I did not, thankfully. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I went to Ithaca and it turned out to just be like the most hippie stoner liberal place imaginable and that was just like so different from the boston area where i grew up immediately became friends with like one of the biggest weed dealers on campus and would just like smoke like just ended up started smoking like every every day yeah and just loved it just got like really into weed there um and i mean it's so crazy like back then no one talked about like strains or CBD content, THC content, or anything like that. It was just like, do you have mids or headies? Right. Or like BC bud. And like, took what you got. It's so funny how far it's come. It really has. And our our universal language and everyone's ability to talk about it is really getting deeper. And I really hope terpenes are next. Let's actually go back and like, since you are an expert in this field, Tell me a little bit about human sort of historical relationship with using herbs as medicine. Sure. So I would say herbs as medicine, it really all starts with food and eating certain foods, like different foods have different properties, different plants have different properties, obviously, like you eat something and maybe um, somebody noticed that it really made like your mouth like salivate. Mm. a lot whereas like eating this other plant made your mouth like really pucker up and it like sucked out all of the moisture in your mouth um so that's like how i think it really started and just people being aware of oh how are the things that i'm eating affecting me or maybe oh i ate a handful of these berries and then i like shit my brains out or something yeah i died so i'm gonna take note of that (laughs) right right (laughs) It's, you know, it's kind of like hard to say exactly what happened because we can't go back in time, but we do have these like really old pharmacopias and what are known as materia medicas, which are basically texts that just kind of outline and describe properties of different plants and their like structure, you know, with there's like illustrations and then like writing about 
oh, how, how people back then were using them and the effects on the body. Right, the property. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so like cannabis, for instance, is, I think it might be in a Chinese Materia Medica first. I think that's the first mention of it. Um, but that's just like one example of when, you know, we can look back at the documentation that exists or that survived anyway. And that is really what we have to go on. And then there's oral traditions as well, but those can get lost. So that's kind of really what we have to go on in terms of how did it start? And then like those Materia Medicas, you can look at who, who wrote them, who was the author, what was their role in their society? How are they, what were people's opinions of them? What role did they serve in their community? And the, the herbalist or like the medicine man or the witch, they all had a very specific role in the community, which I just, I think it's very fascinating. And, and, you know, sometimes they had to be very secretive about it, especially women, right? which I think a lot of people nowadays can, can resonate with, especially like women herbalists nowadays. Um, well, there's still a yeah. bit of a war on herbalists nowadays, isn't there? Like, let's be truthful. And that, that sort of knowledge being shared or not shared. I mean, I have a great herbalist in my life. She's, you know, an older Chinese woman and she's very quiet about, about her knowledge, you know? Um, I'm not religious, uh, though I grew up Catholic. I'm not religious, but apparently there is a line in the Bible that says that there's a plant to heal all ailments. And I just believe that we've been lucky enough to sort of come together around one particular one that has this sort of superpower <laughs> and ability to source equilibrium in whatever of our systems is sort of out of whack. And it's so interesting you bring up like shamanism and, you know, medicine, men and women and healing, because really I believe that cannabis was probably amongst, you know, you know, a toolkit of other herbs, one of the sort of universal plants that all of these cultures being totally sort of dispersed and disconnected from each other, universally used. I'd love your definition of what even the role that shaman played in society. There's definitely a lot to unpack in what you just said. Yeah, always. Um, Sorry, I just go on. (laughs) I want to go back quickly, just very quickly to, you said that you were raised Catholic, and and I was as well. I do not identify as Catholic whatsoever anymore, but I, I was raised going to church every Sunday, and the church, the Catholic church is actually a pretty big employer of of herbal smoke in, in mm. ritual form. Oh, like, yeah. Think about the in- yes, exactly. The, the, aisles, ringing. Mm-hmm. and that actually served like a very functional purpose because people from all across the village or maybe other villages were coming together and gathering in this indoor space. Something that, you know, is kind of a reality nowadays is that we have to be mindful of being indoors and spreading. Right viruses and and, uh, any other bacteria or anything. And so the incense would often be plants that when burned would release these volatile oils that would kill any, you know, bacteria or parasites or viruses in the air so that people could gather safely. Isn't that interesting? Um, I I had no idea. I, and it's funny, you can walk down the street 
and I can smell frankincense and like be there immediately, you yes. know, or whatever yeah. is in that thing. An amazing trigger of memory. Mm-hmm. So like, let's talk a little bit about smoke on that note. You know, it's funny. I have, there's a lot of people who outreach me around maybe with a little bit of guilt or concern around smoking weed and combusting it. I always just, you know, (laughs) half bullshitting anyway. So I always just say like, imagine our ancestors, you know, how would they consume something like that? Like I would imagine they were either brewing teas or burning and sort of wafting the smoke into the their themselves. Is that true? Am I full of shit? Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's totally true. So it happens like in a number of ways. So I would say how it probably started is, you know, people, you know, hunter-gatherers, you know, they light fires at night to keep warm and to tell stories and to, to cook their food. And if I had to guess, you know, I can't say for sure, but they would grab a branch of some, some plant of something and throw it onto the fire. And then they're like, oh, that actually smells very nice. Mm-hmm. Or that, know, changed, that changed what I see. Exactly. Okay. Like, oh, that changed the mood. So if I had to guess, I think that is what tipped people off initially. Interesting. And a lot of, of shaman, they will smoke a large amount in a pipe or in other means and often what they will do to the person that they are working with to heal is blow the smoke like all over their bodies or maybe on that part of the body that is being affected mm-hmm. again that is kind of serving the purpose of the smoke is carrying with it certain constituents of the plant but it's also kind of acting as a means of I don't want to say prayer, but like intention of the shaman kind of up to the gods. There's a great book I read about tobacco called The Smoke of the Gods and how, you know, smoke was just kind of like, it's not solid. It's not liquid. It's not even like people back then maybe even really understood solids and liquids and smoke. So smoke like couldn't help but stand out. And Uh, Similar to how in Buddhism, you know, they hang the flags outside because the wind is said to carry those prayers up. Mm. The smoke is also kind of carrying that intention upwards to the gods or to the universe or to whatever cosmology beliefs, you know, whatever beings that you know, they believed in. Well, and still to this day, it's what we do, right? We, we light incense, we burn, we'll burn sage. I have frankincense. I think it's what it is. And it was recommended to me to clear the space and clear the energy. So the resin, the resin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that it does, it does change the energy of, of a space. It does feel like it clears it perhaps what's missing in today's culture versus what you're discussing is the intention behind it. Exactly. Yes. There is a historian, I'm blanking on their name, but they called the pipe perhaps the most important historical artifact ever that humans ever invented because Mm -hmm. it kind of acts as like a portable altar. If you think about it, um, 
you know, you can carry it with you and in, in your herbs. Um, and no matter where you are, you can have a smoke and, you know, release any negative energy into that smoke and inhale any positive energy. Um, it's, it's really, it's a really powerful tool. And something that I like to promote is using smoking, you know, whether it's a pre-roll or you're smoking a pipe, those are kind of meditation tools and instruments. And I think- If you use it correctly. Exactly, I was just about to say that. Yeah. So as long as you're being intentional, it can be really powerful. And I think it's something that really demands a lot of respect, especially with, with a plant like cannabis, it, it is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think people can, can often lose sight of how powerful of a plant cannabis really is. And I know that when I don't treat it with respect, I don't really feel that great when I work with it. Yep, absolutely. I had this conversation with some Instagram friends yesterday just about the respect for the fact that it is a medicine. And if you overdo anything that's meant to help you, it can start to hinder you. Exactly. There's um, a question that I would often ask my clients when I was um, practicing um, as a, a clinical herbalist. And a question that I, I ask myself often whenever I'm partaking in, in anything, you know, whether it's having a cocktail at the end of a stressful day or smoking weed or smoking other herbs is, am I using this? right now or am i working with it right now and i think that is a really powerful question and distinct Um, yeah like am i using this to numb and escape or am i working with it to be more present is a question that i ask myself very often and i think if if people take a second to think that question as well ponder that about what the practices in their lives, I think it would be very telling. I just got anxious when you asked that question. So that's oh, no. not telling in and of itself. No. no, I think that in, isn't there a place for numbing and escaping in today's world? Like, can that not be a place that I would like to go to? I mean, that's a whole other existential philosophical question, but I mean, sure, yeah. (laughs) But not as practice. I understand that. So to me, I think it's so wild that it's taken us only like 100 years, say 150 years, to get away from this universal truth that plants and herbs can heal us. We've done pharma or whoever has done such a good job persuading us that pills are the way to go over plants yeah that we're still trying to convince the people in our lives that this is like normal which is crazy to me mm-hmm. so i actually feel like the the medicinal properties and the actual like efficacy of other herbs helps to do the heavy lifting in legitimizing the place that cannabis has in the space and vice versa right so mm-hmm. like lavender for example right? Totally universally accepted and well-known as having what? Relaxing, calming, Calming. 
all these healing properties so much so that there's a huge industry that has you know of a lab that has lavender sector even the practice of combining some of these additional herbs into cannabis or into a smoke or into even a smoking experience is still kind of wild to people like when we when i posted your beautiful content that explained how some of these different herbs can help get us to some of these desired end states mm-hmm. people who've been using cannabis for a decade were mind blown still mind blown what's your point of view on how we got so disconnected from this truth and yeah. then touching on your point about pharmaceuticals i think a lot of the beliefs that people will accept as being true are actually the desired outcomes of extremely effective marketing campaigns mm-hmm. because I'm a marketer, so I big get, pharma yep. is big business yep. you know and they their business model relies on you taking a pill every day you know, ideally for the rest of your life. That's, that's really how they make money. Yeah. So the herbs with the cannabis, I think what it is, is, you know, I've, I post about this a lot, obviously on social media and a couple of times I've gotten very negative comments, um, mostly from men, I will say, saying like, if you adulterate your weed, like I hate you. And Stuff like that. And I'm just like, ugh. But I think I think it also kind of comes back to like similar to how pharmaceutical companies will market in a certain way that yep. you know promotes their business model. I think that is kind of happening with cannabis now or has because of the underground market and because of prohibition. Um, like cannabis is Honestly, it's just a it's just another plant to me in my apothecary. Yeah. But because of prohibition, it's been like, ooh, this elusive uh, special plant that's different than other herbs. And you know, cannabis is pretty special, I will say. It's very unique from an herbalist perspective, it's super unique. But yeah, so I think that's just where a lot of people um, What makes it so unique? The I fact would say, that it's fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it's super fun. But other, I would say other herbs are like very fun too. But cannabis is very interesting in that I believe it's the most cultivated plant on earth. And there, it's just so variable. From an herbalist perspective, when I think about plants, there are kind of like categories of action. So a plant can be, for instance, cooling or warming. So if you think of like cucumber, for instance, Mm -hmm. cooling, right? Cayenne, warming. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's drying and moistening. So if you think about cinnamon, for instance, like like a cinnamon tea, it's moistening. It's like providing moisture to your tissues and just kind of, I feel like, kind of hydrates you a little bit more than just regular water. Um, And then there's drying and cannabis. So cannabis is extremely drying and it's fairly cooling as well. 
So when we talk about adding in other herbs, me as an herbalist, I'm approaching cannabis and saying, okay, cannabis is very drying and very cooling. So I want to add in, I want to work with it with, along with other herbs that can help it keep me in balance better. Okay. So for instance, I want to add in moistening herbs and herbs that are going to not push me so far in the cooling direction, if that makes sense. Isn't every individual different? Like, how do I? That's true. So everyone has their own, what's called like a constitution. For instance, I tend to run cold and dry. So if I work with cannabis and I'm not intentional about its use, it's going to kind of push me a little bit too far in the cooling and drying direction. And there are certain ailments and states of being that can also be categorized in this kind of framework. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how does that present? Like, are you cold all the time and and really dry or... Is yeah, it, so it goes farther than that. Some a couple of really common examples. Depression is a cold, lax state of being. You know, it's like a dulled state of being. Yeah. You're it's kind of like the opposite of excited. Right. Whereas anxiety, on the other hand, is vibrant. dry, hot, you're buzzing, your yeah. nerves are frazzled and fried thinking out loud and, and wonder, cause I've been experimenting with adding different blends to my smoke and I really gravitate towards certain one and really get so kind of turned off by another one. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. No, no, exactly. It, like it I very- love this hibiscus chamomile blend and I like mm. cannot stand anything with like lavender or linalool or anything like that. Yeah. So it's interesting how intuitive it can be. And, you know, you may not be smoking a joint that has lavender in it and thinking, oh, this is just like pushing me too far in the dry direction. You may just be like, I don't really like the flavor of this or how it makes me feel. And you don't necessarily, it doesn't honestly need to be anything more than that. Right. You know, if I'm working with somebody and they tell me that, I say, okay, you know, I might take a mental note knowing them and their personal constitution. Like in my head, I might be like, oh yeah, that makes sense that you wouldn't. But if they don't, if you don't like it, then that's it. And like, and if you are gravitating towards something, it probably means that that is going to be a more aligned plant ally for you. Yeah. And it's exactly, it very much mirrors the cannabis experience, right? You try different strains, you determine that certain ones kind of work for you more than others, or certain ones drive with you more than others. I'm a big believer that it's actually terpenes very much like affecting and driving that experience. I've started to notice that there are certain terpenes that if they're there, I'm really happy and pleased with my experience. And if they're not... I'm less so. The universality of terpenes is what's next in terms of the conversation. Like you just said, other herbs are fun. What other herbs are fun? Can you tell me? <laughs> yes. So I just I do want to um, build upon yeah. terpene 
because I'm seeing a lot more people talk about terpenes and in starting to understand their effects and how that can be very telling of of what how a strain is going to affect them mm-hmm. and I think what I'm trying to promote is I think cannabis is actually becoming the perfect gateway drug to herbalism people are just approaching and studying cannabis they're like really putting it under the microscope and really trying to understand you know people are learning about botany now because of cannabis and maybe they wouldn't have ever before and it being fun is you know it's only a plus and it's only going to get people more interested in learning more about plants and how they grow and how they affect us and why I think this is a fantastic lens like to look at all plants and it's like what if we looked at all plants in the same lens and that is basically what herbalism is in my approach are mushrooms a plant no they're not they're not even an animal they're they're their own thing it's so fungi is a thing it's just its own thing fungi are closer to animals than they are to plants they're weird and cool and fascinating So when you speak of plant medicine, you're not actually talking about psilocybin as well. I I don't mean you. I mean one. Yeah. <laughs> I when I hear everyone when they say plant medicine, almost a hundred percent of the time they mean cannabis and mushrooms. And I'm I'm fine with that. It's no big deal. Mushrooms technically aren't plants. They're technically herbs in the sense that an herb is just a plant that we use like for medicinal purposes. Okay. I'll buy that. Okay. So can we talk and dig into some of the other herbs that don't get a lot of airtime and what some of their benefits are? I mean, I know we can't make real claims, but there are some known end states, you know, that get us there. So yes. Well, let's start with Damiana because Damiana is, I think, a very fun herb, especially when smoked. I always say that it, it emanates a warm and fuzzy feeling. You know, I can, you could just leave it at that and people will understand. But what is actually happening there is that it is a circulatory stimulant. So it's, it's getting your blood moving especially more toward the periphery and the pelvic region of the body. So this is why a lot of people say that, yes, say that Damiana is an aphrodisiac. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've never heard of her. Damiana is really lovely. Um, when When dried, it's kind of gray in color. And the leaves, it's funny, they kind of just like, look like they're shrunken still maintain their kind of leaf shape but like just super super mini Hmm. so they're really fun to sprinkle in because it's just very beautiful what i call like smoking a salad is smoking an herbal blend and i'm just like ooh, look at these these salad greens in my bowl (laughs) i love that okay so what are some other aphrodisiacs okay Rose is another one. 
Rose is just so, I mean, where do I even begin? Like, it just, I'm already, like, speaking lower in my body, like, just thinking about Rose, mm, you know what I mean? Like, just mm. thinking about Rose, it just seats me in my body without even being near it, just thinking about it. Same. And I think that's very telling, huh. you know? You know, you can kind of look at it from, like, okay, it's a circulatory stimulant, so it's gonna, like, make me feel things more than I would and be more sensitive, but I think an aphrodisiac can also just be something that helps you be more present and in the moment and helps you to be in your body more, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to smoke something and have it, like, just make you horny, like, Mm -hmm. anything that just, like, gets you in, in the mood and, and with, you or your partner or partners, I think, you know, you could call that an aphrodisiac too. So let's move on to herbs that help for sleep. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about lavender as being one of the sort of more universally known ones. Is lavender smokable? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lavender is one of my favorites. I mean, there's the, the flavor. I feel like it just kind of creates this pillowy haze like cloud around you and I feel like it just kind of gives the smoke a little bit more like oomph okay while being floral and light at the same time which is like very interesting to me and I don't even know like you think those things would be counterintuitive I still don't like 100% really understand it I just know like that those are its properties and I love that what else can somebody supplement or enhance their smoke with to help for sleep? For sleep, uh, chamomile, and a very common one too. So chamomile, um, it's funny, like chamomile is such a common herb, but it's actually very, very powerful. It's a very powerful antispasmodic, which basically means it helps you to feel comfortable being still and like any kind of twitchiness or like like you're sitting in your chair and you're kind of like shifting around like you can't get comfortable Mm. chamomile is going to come to the rescue and you can just be like oh I'm just like sitting here and feel really nice just being still a bit more peaceful that's so interesting that it physiologically manifests that way I feel like that's definitely how I feel after a chamomile tea Yes, exactly. I think it's really important to address that, you know, a lot of these herbs, they have like real physiological effects, but they also, they also translate to the emotional as well. And tell me a bit more about that. So chamomile, for instance, you know, it's an antispasmodic, so it helps any twitchiness or like kind of buzzing in your muscles to be relaxed but that also is happening for your thoughts as well i would say it's not like discriminatory in that sense those are the ones that i would have guessed help sleep the most yeah and it's it's funny because those are like two herbs that probably almost everybody is aware of and like they're the most common it's just wild to think yeah that step of including them in the smokable experience is still such a fresh thing. Okay, so what about the other end of the spectrum and desiring sort of clarity and energy? Sort of what would your sort of morning blend look like, call it? Mm -hmm. 
So for clarity and energy, I like the mints. Oh. Yes. Like actual mint. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like peppermint, spearmint. I have a, a blend that I sell that has chocolate mint, which is a cultivar of peppermint. That's a beautiful that mint. I've had like it. actually is like a thin mint cookie. Any plant in the mint family is going to have kind of like similar to how sativas are have more bring the energy upward. Mm-hmm. Um, mints do that as well. And mints are actually great um, if you are trying to give up caffeine because they stimulate oxygen up to the brain. So even though you're not getting like the caffeine energy, your, your, your brain is like getting more oxygen. And so you feel more alert and awake. Yes. I feel so fresh with a mint tea. So mm-hmm. fresh. I yeah. can't even imagine mint in my joint. I love that. Really nice. Ooh. Is there anything else that kind of helps with that? What, what does hibiscus do? So hibiscus, um, I personally don't work with hibiscus through smoke that much, but I'm seeing people do it a lot more. I think I am just like obsessed with hibiscus tea. Mm. So that is my preferred way to work with hibiscus. But hibiscus, it's kind of like nature's sweet tart is kind of how I think of it. Nature's sweet tart. Something I would say is... When you're thinking about what would be a good herb to add for clarity or, oh, what would be a nice herb to add to help me get ready for bed? Think about the strains of cannabis that you would smoke in those instances. And again, thinking back to the the terpenes, are you smoking for work and to be uplifted? Are you smoking a strain maybe that's like high in pinene? Mm-hmm. for instance, or like when you're getting ready to go to bed, are you smoking an herb that has more like linalol in it? And so then that can guide you and be like, oh, well, like what herbs also have these terpenes? Right. And so thinking about it from that perspective, you can kind of like magnify the effects of your strains in that way. And that's like a very good indicator of what effects and like kind of what I think are like, it's kind of synergistic in that way. Okay. So it truly can, the addition of herbs can truly enhance and magnify the, the cannabis experience. It's not just yes. in my head. No. Okay. No, this is like actual fact. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, if you're looking at the chemical, the phytochemicals of the plants, you know, forget the psychosomatic, forget emotion Certain plants have certain terpenes, mm-hmm. and they have that is how strains are distinguished is normally like the level of of, of various terpenes, and like sage, just common like culinary sage, for instance, has I I think it's like a dozen terpenes. It's kind of outrageous, and so just looking at it from that kind of biological botanical point of view. It's, it's hard to argue against. I have one more herb to ask you about. Mm-hmm. And it is perhaps, maybe it achieves the last end state I was going to ask you about, which is how to feel more grounded. The herb I was going to ask you about is mulan, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but mulan or mulan leaf. 
Uh, oh, Mullen. Mullen. Mullen, yes. <laughs> Which is I was like, oh, no, I don't know this. <laughs> oh, no, what's wrong with her accent? Um, which is apparently amazing for lung health. So I was curious about actually utilizing Mullen or Mullen, if you're me, uh, <laughs> in your smoke experience to sort of counteract any, every, anyone's worry about lung inflammation. Yeah, so Mullen, fun yeah. fact, Mullen <laughs> comes, it stems from the Latin of mollus, which means soft, because its leaves are very soft and fluffy. So Mullen, I will sing this till the cows come home. If you're going to smoke anything, Mullen should be in there. You know, and even if you're just like, I just want to smoke weed tonight. I don't want to smoke an herbal blend. I just want straight up weed. You should still put mullen in there. Mullen, it's not going to impart a flavor at all. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to like mix flavors too much. You don't have to worry about it. Mullen is just amazing for the lungs. It provides moisture as like we were talking about before, cannabis is very drying. Mm-hmm. Mullen provides moisture. It kind of drives moisture to the lungs. It does so the most in tincture or tea. It does. It still does to a lesser extent when smoked, which is why I think anytime you smoke anything, there should be melon. So what happens is it drives moisture to the lungs in that the, the mucus cells in your lungs get kind of get stimulated to secrete more mucus. That is Doesn't less sound like a good thing thinner than normal. Okay. <laughs> and so what's happening is if I, I liken it to, you know, if you have like a, a frying pan with a bunch of like gunk that's like crusted on, what do you do? You let it soak for a little bit, right? And then it right. softens it. Right. So that mucus in your lungs, like whenever you smoke anything at all, even just cannabis, your, you know, tar is going to build up in your lungs. Yep. And so when you add mullen to your smoke and work with mullen in other ways, um, it's kind of softening that stuff. So, and, and it is also what's known as an expectorant, which basically means it just helps you cough stuff up out right. of your lungs. So it softens it and helps you expel. Yeah. I mean, I have it as a tea. Like I just, I mean, I just have it as leaves that I brew into a yeah. tea. I'm assuming I could very much start sprinkling it into my smoke. And so that's my question. What's sort of the process of freeballing herbs into your smoke? We can clearly go out and buy a pre-made blend like puff herbals, but if somebody's just sort of experimenting with what they like at home before making that investment, can they just start to sprinkle in? Is there a rule of thumb about like a ratio? Can I overdo it? Totally. So this is my personal rule of thumb. And after a lot of thought and experimentation, I think this is the way to go about it. So say you're a big cannabis smoker and you're, you're interested in experimenting. Start gotcha. with, you want to start with a strain um, of cannabis that you are very familiar with. So one that you have a deep relationship with and preferably one that you work with on a regular basis. It would be best if 
you know, say you smoke every day, like every night or something, it'd be great if like, say on Friday night of that week, you had been smoking it all, all week and it's Friday night and you're like, okay, I think I'm ready to like try some herbs. I, my rule of thumb is start by adding just one herb. If that's what you have, you mm-hmm. can do a blend too, but like if, if you're really not sure, just start with one. Or if you want, really want to figure out what you like, because exactly. you like, you don't know what necessarily in it you're responding to. And um, I say have the herb that you're adding be a quarter, like 25% of your blend. Okay. And I've found that that is enough for you to be able to detect the flavor and the feel of the smoke and how it changes it. And you'll, you're going to be able to feel the effects, but not so strongly that in case you don't like it, it's like overpowering. Okay. So it's, I feel like that is a great place to start. And then you can decide if you need more, if you need less, if you even like it at all. Okay. So I imagine that this would help cigarette smokers. Mm-hmm and help them deal with their addiction. Though you mentioned tobacco earlier as being the smoke of the gods. So what's your POV on tobacco? And have you had success like from as an herbalist or with puff herbals on, have you heard about people who've been able to kick cigs? Tobacco, and I, I, I kind of feel this way about like any drug and substance out there and that, it's very easy to like demonize a substance or a plant without considering the person and the relationship as well. So, but tobacco, you know, it's tricky because it's pretty ironclad that it will give you lung cancer if you're, or it can, you know, your risks just go way up. So, right. And as so, soon as I said it, I realized there's a big distinction between tobacco as a plant and manufactured cigarettes and all the things that are exactly right so tobacco is in cigarette in modern cigarette form unless you're buying organic tobacco or organic cigarettes rather um there are a lot of additives in there a lot of which actually um enhance the addictiveness of the nicotine Mm. and have the nicotine, they like kind of make the nicotine hit your bloodstream a lot more quickly. So yeah, cigarettes and a tobacco leaf are two different things. But I think a reason why a lot of people struggle with quitting cigarettes, in addition to kind of just being a delivery method of nicotine, it's also, you know, it's like a ritual, or it's kind of like a tool as like a how you socialize with friends, you know, the, the smokers culture of stepping outside of a bar Mm -hmm. and chatting with the other smokers, you know, that's like a real culture and it's a way that people come together. And so I think when people have been smoking for so long and come to identify as a smoker and then they try to quit, Mm -hmm. if you're taking that away too, it can be really jarring So what's great about herbal smoking is that I I say if you're trying to kick anything, you want to first focus on what you can add before you take anything away. 
you know, if you're trying to quit, I say add in herbs and roll your own and start with like 90% tobacco and 10% herbs. And you can still go out, hang it. I mean, maybe not nowadays, but like you're stepping outside for your smoke break. You're still talking to your friends. You're still taking part in that self-care ritual. You know, you're stepping outside and yeah. getting from there. And that, in and I think that's, people had that moment of reflection, that moment of ritual to themselves, the moment of peace, the moment of quiet, or the moment of conversation or connection with somebody that they wouldn't normally. And it leads you to, to a whole other place. And there's a, there's, a, there's a real fucking need for that and role for that in society. And you don't have to just be a cigarette smoker for it to be acceptable. Exactly. And so when people are trying to quit, you know, it can kind of feel like they're getting, like all of that is like getting ripped away from them. Right. And they kind of don't really know where to get that elsewhere. So my approach is it's not necessarily the smoking. It's just the contents of your smoke, you know? So tell me about puff herbals and yeah. So we sell herbal smokes, um, pre-rolls that they, they look just like regular cigarettes. We have them both rolled in hemp paper and in what's called chlorine free paper, which has to do with the bleaching process. It's a chlorine free bleaching process, but those are great because it's white paper. It looks and feels and it has a filter just like a regular tobacco cigarette. So if you're looking to quit, this is going to just fill that, that need and, that yeah. and everything. This is your placebo. Although it's a placebo, but it also has other great effects because of the herbs right. in there. Other benefits, right. Yeah. So what, what, what's in a blend? We have three blends. Uh, we have a signature blend, which is, it doesn't really have like a predominant floral or a minty flavor. I wanted one that was just kind of like earthy and like musky. And this one is, is just great for like really having the best time just being and like being present, you know, it's mildly euphoric, something like that you, like when you think about frolicking on like a summer day or just like lying in a, like a field in the spring with flowers, this is just what I wanted to embody with this formula. Ooh, I love it. Yes. I'm there. <laughs> I'm in your yeah. world of daisies. And we have a stim, it's called stimulating, a stimulating blend, which is big on the peppermint, you know, that uplifting, upward drawing of energy but also with other herbs that make you feel physically at ease. So like you're mentally sharp right. and focused, but your body is like, you're loose, but you're still very present. Right. And so this is my favorite for like dancing Ooh. because you're like, you're feeling sharp and you're like, yes, I'm like moving exactly how I want to move and your body's loose. And that's what that blend is. <laughs> I love that. Okay, peppermint is on my must-try list after this. Yes. And then our third blend is called Sleepy. The predominant flavor here is lavender. Um, and there are a couple other herbs in there that are great for getting ready for bed. Um, 
Mugwort is one. Mugwort is a pretty magical herb in that it can really enhance your dream and dream recall. And mugwort is actually great um, if you're a big cannabis smoker, because as you may have noticed, if you're smoking regularly and then you stop your dream. That night, your dreams are crazy. They're wild. Right? No, not just that night. Like they're insane. Yes. <laughs> okay. But if you are smoking, you never remember your dreams. I don't remember them often. That's because, and this is like such a bummer. I wish it weren't true. Cannabis suppresses REM sleep, oh. which is why when you take a tolerance break, your dreams seems so crazy and it's because you haven't been getting into that deep REM state yeah so my sleepy blend is I have mugwort in there for that reason even if you're like oh well I don't I don't want to like taste flowers or like I don't like mint mugwort and mullen are two great options um and you probably won't even be able to tell that they're there joint hygiene do you know? Smoking hygiene. <laughs> yes. Smoking <laughs> hygiene. It absolutely is. Something that has really been helping me is the power of ritual is I've never felt it as strongly as I have during this time. It doesn't even need to be like a smoking ritual. It's just like your morning ritual, your evening ritual. I'm realizing that your habits are really like if you don't have those then like what are you what are you and I noticed for me if I'm not keeping up with my rituals and my habits and the things that really just make me feel fulfilled and just truly me then I am just not in a good place And I think now more than ever that we're just home all the time with ourselves, what else is there? And that's just really been grounding me. I really am so grateful for you. And I'm going to speak on behalf of all of our listeners because I know they're going to be so grateful when they hear this episode for you shining a light on the whole plant world and the whole spectrum of herbal healing and how we can start to incorporate that into our everyday, into our habits, smoking or not, and that there really is a role and a place for plant magic all throughout the day. Please let all of our listeners know where they can find you, how they can follow you, how they can learn from you because your posts are so informative. So you can find us. Our website is puffherbalsmokes.com. Our Instagram handle is also puffherbalsmokes. Sign up for our newsletter on our website. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. Yeah, I have a zine coming out. Ooh, and I love it. I want to say March. It's going to be called Puff into the Present Moment, Crafting mm-hmm. Herbal Smoking Blends to Ease Anxiety. And so a lot of the things that we've talked about here are going to be explored much more deep. Yeah, like a guidebook to making your own blends to ease anxiety, however that may manifest for you. I will be gifting that to a few people that I know, I believe. (laughs) Well, this has been incredible. I am so grateful for your time and your knowledge and your insight. 
Thank you so much to Leon Bruno from Puff Herbals. Thank this you. This has been so much fun. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at hightea.life. Like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting hightea.life. 